Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. You're welcome once again to another episode of Feasting at the Table. I am Grace and we're continuing our lesson on the era of Balaam. Wow, this is part five and it's been a wonderful series so far. I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying just reminiscing the lessons and checking my life to make sure that I'm not making those errors that Balaam made. We're going to be continuing our study today, but for the for the people who are just joining us today for the first time, I'll just do a quick recap of what we've learned in the past four sessions. So we've been looking at the era of Balaam, and we said that that word is a word that is found in the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 11, where Jude, the brother of Jesus, begins to talk to the people, and he says they should beware of false prophets, beware of apostates and he mentioned three people to be aware of not to follow he talked about the way of Cain the error of Balaam and the rebellion of Korah and we're treating the middle one the error of Balaam we've seen who Balaam is the meaning of his name the meaning of his father's name a renowned prophet who had international reputation sent for 350 miles away to come and curse the children of Israel why they stood in the plains you know of Moab getting ready to enter the promised land we said that there are some battles that will not face until we start making some successful strides. Their battle came because of this result of their success. They had defeated two kings. Other thing we said was that the battle was an unnecessary battle. Moab was not acquainted with the right knowledge. The right knowledge. God had told the children of Israel not to bother with the children of Moab. But because the king of Moab didn't know this, he already started out a battle. We said we should beware of fighting wrong battles. Fighting wrong battles. And then we want to look at this battle these people took. They decided to use a double-edged approach to the battle. They wanted the spiritual side where the children of Israel, because we said there's power in words. And then they were going to do something about it. We said sometimes we're expecting God to do something without wanting to do our own part and these people decided that this battle was a battle that needed some form of collaboration they collaborated with the people of Midian who also happened to be relatives of the children of Israel and then they found out this was what we're going to do they sent for Balaam and with that, they took a fee. But the Bible says that when Balaam, when they got to where Balaam was, God said to Balaam, Balaam was very sure God was going to speak to him. We talked about God speaking to us, the various ways he speaks and the fact that God loves to speak to us and speak to us clearly. We looked at God's word as the foundation of his speaking to us. We moved on further to look at Balaam and Old Testament prophets. We are showing the people that God was going to speak to him and true to his expectation, God came and spoke before he even had the chance. God advised him that the people that advised him that the work that they had asked him to do was something he should not do because the people could not be cursed. However, Balaam refused to faithfully deliver God's message to the messengers of Balak and the messengers of Balak did not even deliver the right message to, ba to Balak itself and then Balak sent again we, we did forces, we grouped forces and sent again for our prophet Balaam and this time around by the time they met Balaam we saw Balaam saying oh if they give me everything I wouldn't do I only say what God 
has asked me to see. And we begin to wonder, whatever Balaam is saying, is this just mere talk? Is it just Christianese? You know, a promise of commitment without really commitment going on. We said there are many times that God has said this and we need to be strict with what God has said concerning us. We need to take God's word without trying to look for corners and ways around it because God's word is true. God's word is going to stand sure and we are to pattern our lives after God's word, not expecting God's word to pattern, you know, itself after us. It's going to be the other way around because the Bible says that as we look into the mirror of the word, the Bible says that we're being transformed from glory to glory and it's by the spirit of God. There is power in God's word to transform us. There is power in God's word to change our lives. There is power in God's word to equip us with all that we need for living and I tell you, we have to come to the word of God with that submissive attitude, with that attitude that does not seek to change things, with an attitude that is not seeking to you know, just change things and deliberate things the other way. No, 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 no. Not what Balaam was doing because these are the several errors he did along the way. One of the things we've established in this set, in this study is the fact that when we say the error of Balaam, we shouldn't just be looking at that ultimate one that we all know about him. Along the way, Balaam kept on with several errors, making little, little wrong decisions till he culminated in that error that we all know about him. And so today we're going to continue our study. We are looking now, we are still in the book of Numbers chapter 23. This is the second visit of the men from Balak. And this time Balak has sent more honorable men. He has sent more money. He has even asked Balaam to name his prize. He's giving him an open check telling him, name your prize. And Balaam begins to consider. He said to the men, oh, stay here. Let me see what God will say for that. And we said last week, God is not saying for that on what he has already spoken about. God's word is sure. What God has said, that is what we should take. Rather than looking for God to come and treat our case special, we should take God at his word. So let's go on now. We're going back again to Numbers chapter 22. And I'm going to read from verse 14. So Moab, the Moabite officials returned to King Balak and reported Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak tried again. This time he went, he sent a large number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent before first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, the son of Zippo, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well and do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. Now it has turned to help. Then verse 18, but Balaam responded to Balak's messengers. Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. This is him using the other name of God, the Lord my God. But stay here for one more night and I will see if the Lord had anything else to say to me. What else does he want God to say? It's when we don't want to do what God is saying that we'll be asking for a special revelation where God has already revealed things. And verse 10, 20, sorry. The Bible says that night God came to Balaam and told him, since these men have come to you, come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. And, and that is just a very interesting dilemma because God had clearly said to this person, don't go. And then now we see God say, me these men have since they've come for you i've read this thing in several translations some translations actually say that god said if these men come to look for you you know then you can go with them and then this one here just says that listen since these men have come and um, just go with them i'm beginning to wonder some people say oh that was the permissive will of god you know that was not god's will the thing is god had already spoken god has said to him don't go so there was no need for him to go there was no need for him to say that um 
Oh, but God said I should go. Remember when sometimes our children, you know, start asking us for something and they could, sometimes they could be very persistent. They'll go on and on and on and on and on. Things that we said they shouldn't have before. And then before you know, we just say, go and take it. But we know that that go and take it is not something that has come from the bottom of our heart. And then sometimes we're even watching the child to see if the child is going to do that thing when we have clearly said, don't do. And this, I think that's what we see here because God now comes to Balaam again and says to him, say, well, since the men have come from you, go. The truth of the matter is, in Balaam's heart, he wanted to go. That was just it. He was just looking for a justification. He was just looking for something to stamp, you know, for him to be able to go. He was looking for a God stamp on it. Sometimes we have our own plans and we have our own agenda, but we're looking for, you know, something to like put a stamp on it to say, oh, well, you know, this is the Christian label of what I'm going to do. You see Balaam here giving some sort of Christianese speech here. Even they give me the silver and the gold and they give me everything. I will not do only what God wants me to do. What are you talking about god does not want you to go god has told you not to go so well, why is your speech not the same with what god has said why is your speech why are you speaking more than what you are doing why is your confession different from your profession we begin to see that in the life of Balaam. child of god i begin to wonder how much of our confession is actually in our profession how much of what do we say what we really say when we say oh lord i love you do we truly love him because if we truly love him there are some things that we would not do if we truly love him there are some things we would do if we truly love him and if all that is God's heart is in our heart, there are some things that we'll be doing. There are some things that we'll be using to please the mind on the, the purpose of the Father. The Bible says here that God said to Balaam, well, you can go if you want to go. I mean, you can go. I mean, this is what he wanted to do. And, he went, and I tell you, child of God, if we know ourselves, really, at the end of the day, most times what we want to do, we we'll always find a way around it. We will find a way around it. And that's what Balaam is doing. Balaam wanted to go with these men. I mean, this was the second time. This time they had come up with an offer that was too good to be left alone. This time, it wasn't even the people that came before. These were like more distinguished people and they came with a better offer. You know how it feels like when you've got a better offer on the table, where you have an offer that says to you, name your prize, whatever you want, we would give it to you. Balaam couldn't let that alone. Rather, he was looking for how he would go away, how he would, how he would collect this money, you know, of, of unrighteousness and still well, somehow shall be said to be pleasing God. Let's go ahead. So let's see verse 21. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey and started off with the Moabite officials. <laughs> the Bible says what? Verse 22. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. That's what happened. The Bible says God was angry. God was angry that Balaam was going because he had told him clearly in no unclear terms. He had told him, do not go with them. Do not follow these people because these people that are asking to come and cause, they cannot be caused. They are a blessed people. And that's where we would have left the matter if he really wanted to do what God wanted him to do. But no, 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 no. He's thinking of how best he would profit from this matter. And the Bible says that the next morning he took his donkey, he rode, he was ready to go to that place. And the Bible says, well, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says God was angry and God sent an angel to go and deal with him, to block the way. And then Balaam begins to travel. He's traveling with his two servants. The Bible says in verse 23, it says, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand 
wow, when the angel saw, guess what? This is a prophet going to prophesy, going to see for people. Meanwhile, he's blind. He's not seeing fully well. And that's what disobedience will do. Disobedience will blind us to some things that we ought to be seeing. Disobedience will blind us to some things that ought to be seen. We see here that Balaam, he's filled with disobedience. He's going, doing what God does not want him to do. He's going to help to cause people. He's going to help to perform his ministry. But in himself and in his house, everything is not in order. And the Bible says that this time around, because things were not in order, God had to open the eyes of the donkey. The donkey was the one who saw. The donkey saw beyond the prophet. The Bible says here, let's go on to verse 21. Verse 21, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted up the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back into the road. Oh, guess what that is? Animal abuse, animal cruelty. He's there beating the donkey. He's not seeing what the donkey is seeing. And because he's not seeing what the donkey is seeing, he's reacting in anger. Child of God, are there some things that we are doing because we're not seeing the full picture? Are there some things we are doing that we are putting so much in the physical that we're not seeing what's happening in the spirit? And because we're not seeing what's happening in the spirit, guess what we're doing? We are reacting in the flesh like Balaam. We are beating the donkey. We are fighting with our neighbors, but we're not seeing that this battle, <laughs> this thing that is in front of us is beyond us, people. Ritually. That's what we see here. Balaam himself, you know, Balaam began, 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 he beat the donkey. And after beating the donkey, he turned the donkey back to the road as in, okay, come back to the road. Bible says, if you go up to verse 24, Bible says, then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. So it gets getting tighter now. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, he tried to squeeze by and crush Balaam's foot against the wall. Wow, that's not funny. Bible says, so Balaam beat the donkey again. This is the second time he's beating the donkey then the angel moved further down the road and stood in a place that was too narrow for the donkey to get by at all bible says in verse 27 this time when the donkey saw the angel he lay down under under balaam and in a fit of rage balaam beats the animal again with his staff and cruelty. then the bible talks about um the the, the righteous the bible says in the book of Proverbs that the righteous man is kind to his animal. And Bible says, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruelty. So even God is concerned about how we treat our animals. That's the God we serve. He's concerned about how we treat animals, how we treat people around us, how we treat the rest privileged. Because today we might be looking at it and thinking it's Balaam and the donkey, but how are we treating our maids? How are we treating the people that are walking beneath us? How are we treating those people who supposedly society has told us we are better than, who cannot do anything, who do not have a voice? Because this donkey does not have a voice. This donkey is just going by what they can see in the speed. But guess what? Um, Balaam is beating the donkey. He has beat the donkey three times. He has melted out cruelty punishment upon this donkey that is actually doing good, him good. But because his eyes are closed, because he's not seeing well, he's ready to beat the donkey. And child of God, I wonder if we are beating the donkeys around us. I wonder if the people that God has put around us, people who are helping to make our journey better, we are maltreating them the way Balaam was maltreating the donkey, forgetting that this donkey was seen beyond. This donkey was seen the supernatural. I was trying to prevent him. Yes, it Wet from being killed. Bible says that the third time, the third time, the, the, the donkey didn't actually see where to hide, you know, to prevent himself from being killed by the by the by the angel. And because the angel had stayed in the road, and Bible says that it was too narrow, all the donkey just did was just sat down. And by the time he sat down, this time around, you know, Balaam was in a 
fit of rage, you know, and beat the donkey. And we said that sometimes, you know, the Bible, you should not sometimes, the Bible tells us that the anger of man, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Sometimes we are acting in anger. Usually it does not go down well. Sometimes we need to wait. We need to take a step backward. We need to ask ourselves, but why is this happening? Because that's what Balaam is supposed to be asking himself rather than reacting every time the donkey did something. I remember if we look further down the story, the donkey said to Balaam, listen, I've never behaved like this before. And I think that that's what you should be thinking about rather than just, you know, getting angry that you're not getting your way. Because sometimes that's the way we behave. Once we're not getting our way, we're ready to turn everything the other way just because we're not getting our way. Because Balaam was not getting his way, he's ready to beat the donkey. And then the Bible says, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. This is verse 31. Okay, no, before then, um, we, we see here that then the Lord, this time around, the donkey saw the angel. It lay down under Balaam in a fit of range. Balaam hit the angel again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves you beating me three times? It asked Balaam. I don't know how that was going to be for me. I mean, just guess your animals speaking. I know that we've watched many films that have animals speaking, but I mean, this is the first time. And the Bible records this tells us, so it's not a fairy tale. The actually, the donkey was actually given ability to speak. And then Balaam is so enraged that he can't even think about the miracle of the fact that the donkey is shouting, is, is, is speaking. And he says, you have made me look like a fool. Balaam shouted, if I had a sword, I would have killed you. Imagine, imagine just what he's saying. If I had a sword, I would have killed you. That's the way Balaam is thinking. I would have, I would kill you. And then verse 30, but I'm the same donkey that you've ridden all your life. The donkey answered, have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Praise the Lord. Imagine. I like the conversation that's going on between Balaam and his donkey because his donkey is saying to him, listen, there's consistency in my character. Rather, with you, there's no consistency. And you need to look at the consistency in my character for you to realize that since I've never done something like this, you see something that is strange, you should ask questions. And sometimes, child of God, you know, we are ready to kill or are ready to like destroy the next person without asking questions. Because sometimes asking questions could change our mind view. Look at Balaam near here now. He's asking, he's not seeing the whole picture. He's ready to kill the donkey. But by the time he sees the whole picture, he begins to see that this, this donkey is doing me a favor. Child of God, there are sometimes we think, that some donkeys are not doing a favor. If we had the time, we had the skill, we would kill them. But guess what? The donkey is helping. The donkey is doing much more than we think. And it's not all that we see that meets the eye, child of God. The Bible says here concerning Balaam that by the time he finished doing all of this, the Bible says God opened Balaam's eyes. This was somebody that was going to prophesy to other people. The Bible says that God opened his eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam his face and fell down to the ground before him. Look at him forced to worship. Look at him full of fear. And then the angel says to him in verse 32, why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded, look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shield away. Otherwise, I would have certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Hmm. And the Bible says in verse 34, then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you are standing in the road 
to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. And that's what beats my head. What do you mean by you will return home if you are against my going? God is against your going. That's why the donkey was, 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 was trying to save you. God is against your going. You can even see now an angel of the Lord. This is something that you have done that God is displeased about. And you are still persistent. You are still there saying, oh, I'll return home if you are against my going. You are, God, God is against your going. You shouldn't. At this point in time, someone who is truly repentant should actually tell those people bye-bye and return home. But not Balaam. We're looking at the era of Balaam. We're looking at the life of a man who the Bible says that he loved the wages of unrighteousness. The life of a man who was ready to do any form of wickedness as long as there was a price to it. Ah, he was able to do it and he didn't mind doing it. The Bible says that this is the kind of man that even when the angel came to block the way, even three times, even when his donkey began to speak, guess what? This man is not thinking about, wow, what could be happening? Rather, he's enraged. Rather, he's thinking, oh, this is what I want to do. Rather, and then even when the angel appears to him guess what he's saying oh if you are not pleased with me if you are if it's against your will i will go back he should go back i thought of god i wonder if this is how you know sometimes we do things like that we are we are continuing on the path that we know clearly god's word has said we should not do god sends people we see it in the world we see it through dreams through visions through several messages and we strive you know looking still for an excuse looking still for a way to go Balaam wanted to collect what was going to be offered and because of that he kept on going along the way. And then the angel of the Lord said to him, verse 38, but the angel of the Lord told Balaam, go with this man, but say only what I tell you to say. And he said to him, go with this man, but say only what I tell you to say. And the Bible says, so Balaam went on with Balak's officials. This was a journey he should never have been taken. This was a journey that he almost killed his donkey for. And now his eyes have been opened and he has seen clearly that God is not happy with this journey. What stops him from going back? Why he still held bent to go back? You know, the Bible says he went on with Balak's officials. And guess what? In verse 36, when King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at a Moabite town on the Anon River at the farthest border of his, his hand. I mean, Balak, the king of Moab, could not even wait for him to come fully into the town. Immediately he saw that, ah, he's coming, quickly went to meet him, quickly went to like uh, entice him before he changes his mind. And that's how the enemy goes. He makes sure that he boxes us quickly in a corner. Just if he just sees that we make that slight, that slight step towards, you know, that thing that we're not supposed to be doing. That makes us understand that quickly, quickly. Balak already went there and he went to go and, you know, greet him. And let's see what he said in verse, in verse 37. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam, don't you believe me when I said I will reward you richly? You know, that, that's Balak and he's doing what he can do. He's doing what the enemy loves to do. He has an offer on the table and this offer he has on the table. Guess what? I have an offer on the table. You better take it. And because he's saying so, Balaam is there thinking, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take this offer. And said, don't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Because all, 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 all the, the, what he was seeing Balaam's ministry for was a place of, of, of give and take. As it, it's not about ministry actually, it's about what can I get from it? And so he's saying to him that, listen, for you to get something great out of this, you have to, as it were, you have to, have to, have to come along with me. And then the Bible says, then Balaam said, Look, Balaam replied, Look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Hallelujah. I said, Look, now I have come. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mind. The Bible says, Then Balaam accompanied Balak to Kerat 
who's a, where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. He sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Bar, for there he could see some of some of the people of Israel spread out below him. And we see here that the enemy didn't waste time. The very next morning, he wanted work to start. And the Bible says, guess what he did? He sacrificed cattle and sheep. He sent portions to people. He had people there as it were to eat with him. Why? Because God is seeking something. God is wanting uh, God is wanting some things to be done. Because God is wanting some things to be done, we see that ba Balak himself is making sure that before Balaam changes his mind, let him quickly get him to do things. Bible says he sacrificed cattle and sheep. And you know, sometimes we could do sacrifices. We could do several things, but God is not in it. Because this is him sacrificing cattle and sheep. Somebody looking from the outside, we say, wow, who is this man sacrificing cattle and sheep? No, he's getting in preparation, wanting them to cause his enemies, to cause a people that the Bible has declared that they are are blessed and they are not cursed. And all this is happening because Balaam came. Because if Balaam did not come, then there will not have been a need for all this. I would say, child of God, we should stay away from the place of compromise. Child of God, we should let our yes be yes and our no be no. We should let our yes be yes and then we should let our no be no. Without giving, as it were, that room for someone to come back and say, oh, but I thought it was this and I thought it was that. You know, that's what God is expecting us to do. And we have come, as it were, to the very end of today's lesson we're going to stop here at the end of chapter one and we have been looking at Balaam here we looked at Balaam saying to the people oh just stay here and I'll see what more God will say to me we say that God is not going to say more than what he has said in his word because what he has said in his word is not going to contradict himself if we have any revelation as it were from God that contradicts his word we can be sure now that revelation is not true because the word of God stands firm. The word of God is our yardstick. The word of God is our compass. The word of God is what we need and what we are going to use to do the things that God wants us to do. And the Bible says here that then he began to say, oh, I only say what God wants me to do and all of that. But all that was just talk that was cheap because at the end of the day, he did what he wanted to do. He walked down. He walked down by himself. At the end of the day, sorry, at the end of the day, Balaam decides, you know, to go ahead just because he wants to collect these wages of unrighteousness. And he's saying to them, oh, let me see what, what God will say. And because God was, on, was not pleased, guess what? The angel of the Lord went to oppose him. And then guess what he started doing to his animal, beating his animal. He said that his animal cruelty and God himself is against it. Eventually, God opens his eyes to see where he is, what he needs to do, and several other things. God opens his eyes to see the 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 angel and it was at that time I was like oh please forgive me oh ah, please and and then Mister for uh, forgiving me I, I can actually go home and all of that but he still didn't go home because right there in his mind he was thinking about the wages he was thinking about the fact that he had been given an open check and who knows what family problems he was going through knowing fully well that just one of these things could solve all his problem why was he going when he had been told that he that um, he had been told already you know that he shouldn't go so why was he going he was going because he was more interested in gain than interested in the word of God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bring ourselves before you. We are asking for grace, oh God. Grace not to compromise. We are asking for grace to fully follow those things, oh God, that you have clearly taught us in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh King of glory for Dupe. We pray, oh King of glory for Stella. We pray, oh King of glory for as many that are listening to us, Father, who are in the midst of some decisions, oh God. Some decisions that your word has clearly said things are 
but we pray for the courage to make those decisions in line with your word in the name of Jesus. We pray this day, Father, that God, in any place that you're dealing with us, Father, that we would yield to your spirit and not stubbornly going, doing what we want to do, Father, but rather that our yieldedness will cause us to get to the point you want us to get to. Lord God Almighty, today we begin to pray for ourselves tonight. We pray that you grant us the grace to follow you, to follow you obediently, to follow you without looking for corners, to follow you and Lord, that the things you've asked us not to touch, we will not touch them. But the things you've asked us that we can do, we will do. Father, we do not want to follow this error of Balaam. We ask, so God, for grace to follow you diligently. Lord, that your name alone will be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.